Hey there, and welcome to the daily podcast where wisdom smacks us with kisses or love taps. I'm Michelle Spiva, a wisdom strengthening coach, your host, and practical priestess of wisdom. Join us daily to gain wisdom and mental strength as we tackle innovative thinking, address emotional and behavioral life traps, and yes, provide you with some practical how-tos to wrap it all up. So settle in or crank up the speed 2x, whatever gets your mental processes firing as we dive in. Stay tuned. Hey there, Mona Me. This is Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Mwah. Join me today as we talk about the inevitable. Yeah, there is going to come a time. If you are blessed to be able to be on this earth, those days that you put off in the future are going to happen. So you might as well get ready. So today we're going to be taking a few points that I see for coming of things that you could take advantage of now while you have the time for when things start to find their level in the new normal. So join me today as we talk about whether you want to or not. I'll see you on the flip. Hey there, and thank you for joining me for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. Let's go on and get into it. When we talk about whether you want to or not, this is talking about those times when you find that it has nothing to do with your emotions, your feelings, your behaviors, or even the uh, want to or get to parts of life. It comes down to this is what's required and this is what you're going to do. And we find ourselves in that time. At this particular time of recording, we are starting, hopefully, to emerge or make the turn, the bend around the road where we are coming out of the highest impacts of the pandemic in the United States. And as we're starting to emerge, I am getting an opportunity to be right there along with you, uh, watching to see how people come back online. And when I say online, I'm not talking about just the real online, but online in their lives. And it is, of course, looking differently than we thought. And so today I wanted to talk about a few things because I had opportunity to talk with a very good friend of mine about this very thing. And we were actually talking about how everyone is going to be an entrepreneur, whether they want to or not. And talking about the history of where we are in the Western culture and where we have been reveals a lot of telling signs and patterns. Now, I'm not saying that thus saith Michelle, this is going to happen. It just appears that a lot of things are trending that way. And that is that each and every one of us, even if we become conscripted to a a conscripted to a company, we will still have to have an entrepreneurial bent. Now, let me go back and clarify for the scope of our talk today what I mean when I say entrepreneurial. What I mean is that person who is tasked with solving a problem in a way that is valuable to others, meaning that your resourcefulness is going to have to be top-notch. No longer 
will it be where you are able to have a general ability to do something and be a pay and be paid for it with any kinds of guarantee it will be more so even more of a meritocracy that those who are able to exhibit this skill and a few others we're going to cover today are going to be able to benefit the most and with meritocracies there is a, a quickness that you are relegated and ranked based on what you can provide, what you can do, or what you can't do. And so coming back online, uh, for most people who are in the general populace of being workers for employers, when you go back to your jobs, hopefully you will have taken this time and this grace and mercy that we have been extended to home in on skills that you particularly find interesting, that you enjoy, and that you can find transferable ways to make yourself more useful when you go back. So what do you mean, Michelle? I mean this, that when we are trying to find our way in the world, make our livings and all of that, we first and foremost must understand that even though you desire to get paid for your wares and your work, there is a market at play. And it is the market who decides what people are going to get and what people are not, because the market is the people. Now, I don't want to make this sound like it's all convoluted because it's really not. And when it gets down to it, whether you want to or not means that for your livelihood, you're going to have to start looking at things like an entrepreneur would, meaning that you start looking at unique ways to uh, solve problems. Now, we talked a little bit about this the other day when we talked about our wisdom training skill of the skill of shortcuts to how to figure out shortcuts that save people time, simplify things and automate them. And this is more of the same. But also with being an entrepreneur, you're going to also have to understand how to be more of your own self-regulator, your own project manager and and the like, Uh, because it's going to be where the uh, what we used to take for granted of how much was uh, supposed to be the responsibilities of corporations is now going to fall on the individual. And that means that because people are going to continue to work from home a lot, there is going to be, I believe, for the for the foreseeable future, some type of adjustment with regards to social distancing, that that is going to require people to get used to working alone and not having the physical presence of a lot of other people to keep you motivated. There is a book that I've referenced many times on this podcast by Gretchen Rubin called The Four Tendencies. And I would suggest that anybody go and just Google her. She has a free online uh, uh, survey assessment to tell you which one of these four types you drop into. And answer it as honestly as you can so that you can figure out how to get yourself ready. And so understanding your tendency is going to help you to prepare yourself for self-management. Now, the four types of tendencies are the upholders, the obligers, the rebels, and the questioners. And the rarest of them by Ms. Rubin's assessment is going to be the upholder. This is the stalwart. This is the stoic, the person who, no matter what, rain or shine, they're going to be out there doing what they do, totally 
without any kind of uh, need for push or direction from anyone else. Okay. And they're the most rare, Um, but they're going to be the people that once everything changes and settles down and they know what they're supposed to be doing, they're going to do it until they can't do it anymore. So they're going to be all right. It's those other three that we're going to have to do some work. So the largest population uh, sector of the four tendencies by her assessment is going to be the obliger. And the obliger is going to be that person that they are kind of sacrificial in that as long as they are in a team or somebody else is depending on them, they will get done what it is they need to get done because they don't want to let, they don't want to let people down and they don't want to be embarrassed for not doing what they were supposed to. They fear punitive uh, re- retaliation from management. So as long as they have the support or they have the threat of something hanging over them, they will get it done. Then there are the questioners. These are my peeps. Oh my gosh, these are my peeps. And we are the ones who we need to know why. Uh, we question everything. We drive people crazy sometimes because if you say something, I'm now normally going to be like, well, why? Who says it has to be that way? And we are, yeah, we are annoying. I'll just go on and say it. Before the questioners, what we have to do is we have to curtail the amount of time we take researching things for ourselves before we can just go on and do it. We think of things as, well, why did you pick this date for a deadline? It's arbitrary. Why can't we just do it when we can get it done? You know, that kind of thing. And it can be it can be hard because we get in the weeds uh, researching and uh fulfilling our curiosity to know why and to get to a point where, okay, now I understand it so I can do it. We're the folks that if you go to the doctor and they tell you you need to have some type of surgery, we're not only going to possibly get 50 billion second opinions, but we're going to do our own research and we're going to get everything we can online, somebody's cousin who happens to be a doctor and everything. So we, we, we are the ones doing the most. And we we have to learn how to reel, uh, you know, reel it in so that we can continue to be productive and play along. We're not that good as team players. Just going to say it. And then there are my cousins, the rebels. The rebels are the bunch who they cannot conform. They are true contrarians. If you say it, they're not doing it. And it's not because they want to go and research. It's just because they, their motto is, you're not the boss of me. They will do things to spite you, even if it causes them pain. So like, for instance, if you say we are starting at eight o'clock, they're not going to do it. Even even if they think in their mind, I'm going to go to this meeting, Mm -mm, something is going to happen where they are going to either be early and like y'all are late or be late and be like, why did y'all start without me (laughs) kind of thing. And I laugh because I can see all of these, even in, within my family, I have all four types in my in my family, and it's it's the funniest thing, um, and it it plays out about how you would think it would, and so taking this into account in the understanding of whether you want to or not, we've all got to make adjustments. We've all got to understand how to navigate these new terrains and these new waters. So we've talked about the entrepreneurial part. We've talked about your tendency and trying to uh, understand that part. And then 
we'll spend a lot of time on this one. And that is this formula that we'll have to uh, embrace. Now, you don't have to embrace it in the way I've, I've said it, but I, I've tried to make it into a, you guessed it, a framework that's easy to remember. And that is have to, want to, get to. I'm going to say it again. Have to, want to, get to. For me, this is a prioritization uh, framework that I use to get stuff done so that I can get what I want. So I normally am that person who wants uh, to do what I want because I'm a questioner, of course. But in order to get what I want, I have learned that I must prioritize the things that I immediately think I have to. I will try. And I'm not saying I get it done all the time because I don't. But when I'm trying to be a good girl, (laughs) I will prioritize the things that I have to get done first. When I have a lot of the energy to push through and power through, when I am naturally using um, my circadian rhythms that have me fresh as a daisy when I wake up and that sweet spot, for me, it's about four hours, that sweet spot of, of focusing in and getting the stuff done that I just really don't want to do. And so that those go into your have to pile of stuff. And then after that, I do things that I want to. Now, my want to's can be long as the day is long. But what I have to do, me personally, this not might not work for you. But what I have to do is I have to limit my want to's. And that includes my love of sweets. I want to eat this cupcake. <laughs> but you cannot eat all 12. So you want to eat cupcake, but you get one cupcake. I want to watch this show. Okay, Netflix, I see you. I know what you're doing. So I am going to uh, put all of the shows that I want to watch. I'm going to put them on that Sunday afternoon and I am going to binge into Sunday night. And that is going to be part of my want to. And then the get to. Now, this is the part that I used to confuse a lot of, you know, why don't I get to do this or, you know, have this or whatever. The way I use my get-tos, my get-tos are usually a culmination of a lot of work. So for instance, if I want to go on a vacation, that means that I have to work and gather up my little seeds to pay for my vacation. But when I get to my vacation, I get to, you see how that works? I get to have a choice of what kind of package I want. You know, um, do I want the Supreme package where I've got the, the view and all of that? And by understanding that I have to get through my have tos and I have to manage myself through my want tos, that enables me to have a higher probability of getting my get tos. Now, let me also put this in the reason, another reason why I have get to on the end is because my get tos are also those things that sometimes masquerade as have tos. I know it sounds crazy. Some of the stuff that we begrudgingly attempt and do are the things that need to be in our get to segment. Like for instance, I get to exercise because I have 
health in my body today. That is not guaranteed. I am able to uh, stand up on my own. I am able to walk and to move uh, without impediment. And so instead of it being just a have to exercise, I get to exercise. And so it looks like this. I prioritize my have to's, get those out of the way. My want to's, when they come up, I try to put them together in little packets of time so that I can uh, treat them as little treats. And then my get to's, my get to's are going to be uh, most likely products of the stuff that I had to do that I got done. But they're also those things that wisdom has shown that if you do them on a regular basis, then you get this extra boom. So for instance, say for instance, you've got a teenager, you can't get them to brush their teeth for nothing. And you want to get them to understand this. So it might be brushing your teeth is a have to. Now, you might want to have uh, all the time in the world to just run out the door with a yuck mouth because you don't brush. (laughs) But if you brush and you have to, you will get to not have to wear braces or go to the dentist a lot. And all of that want to, you will be able to smile and have a beautiful, clean set of teeth with good gum health and all the like. And understanding how this works for me and my framework helps me to make decisions and choices on options that are presented to me, I believe, in a more streamlined way. Such that now I'm looking at decisions and choices I made because I wanted to be able to have the get to portion of my life. I'm starting to see those uh, blossom and open up for me. And it's a wonderful thing. And I'm understanding that whether I wanted to or not, these days are going to be here. So in the time when I was coming up, uh, going to college and getting specialized degrees and things with college were beneficial in the workforce. And so I would go and get my degrees because I had to so that I could get to have the um, levels of autonomy at work that I wanted. And then my want to's were I was able to do more of that because I didn't have to uh, scratch it out with everybody in the masses because I had special uh, trainings. And I look back at that and I'm like, wow, I cannot believe all that I endured going through all of that classwork so that I could get to have that little boom. Now, I am not going to pretend like going uh, to universities didn't help me. They really did. And I am very thankful because of a lot of the foundational stuff that I learned. And I'm grateful for my professors. I'm grateful for the exposure of uh, different pockets of knowledge that I would have never known. And so that brings me to the next one. So whether you want to or not, the day is going to come when you are going to have to be the expert in something that you know or do. And that means that you're going to have to get familiar with 
re-embracing the foundations. And this came partly out of that um, conversation that I had with my friend earlier today. And we were talking about some of the things that she was looking at doing in her future. And she was like, but I don't have the faintest clue how to do it or how to start. I know I want to do it. I know, you know, I have all this experience, but I can't seem to make that leap. And it came down to this, that there will come a time in your life. And I see it happening a lot, a lot more for a lot of people now than ever before. When you have to become the sage, S-A-G-E, not the uh, seasoning, but the the person of experience. And one of the, the things of the sage is that the sage is able to take their experiences, their uniqueness and their creativity, and they are able to successfully transfer that knowledge to people you know, coming up below them. They are great teachers. They understand how they think, what their processes are, and how to articulate those to others. And so whether you want to or not, the time is coming for people who have been well-established in the workforce to become the sages. Before the pandemic happened, we were having a compression where older adults were staying in the workforce longer Because a lot of times you needed to. And they were competing with younger folks trying to come into the workforce who would have normally taken the jobs that these older folks were leaving through retirement. But because people are working well into their 70s and not leaving the workforce like they used to just 20 years ago when the average retirement age was in the uh, late 60s, it's causing these issues. And so now, that we have these different rules where even less work power is required, there are going to be those people, whether you want to or not, you're going to have to leave the traditional workforce. And the expectation is going to be that you take that knowledge that you've had all these years and you turn it into some type of expertise that you're able to transfer to others. And so for many of us, We are going to have to have an understanding of the foundations of what it is we're good at. We're going to have to understand how we do what we do, meaning that it's going to take time for you to go through the process of how you do what you do. Figure out how the sausage is made for whatever it is you produce, whatever it is you make, or whatever it is you create. Then you have to come up with a way to show it in simple steps. I'm talking about writing with crayons so that the average person of average intelligence is able to understand and replicate what you do. We are moving into a time of the great sages again. There used to be a time prior to our contemporary time of corporate America where when folks came to a certain age, they went off to apprentice. And the masters are, were the sages. And the masters were able to take their create, creativity and teach it to these youngsters, where these youngsters apprenticed with them for seven years. And only after the seventh year, and only after they had proven that not only had they understood what the master was showing them and gotten those foundations and those fundamentals, They also needed to show them 
their expertise and proficiency by putting their spin, their flavor on it. And once they did that, they worked for the master. And then depending on how good they got, they were then elevated to a journeyman where they would go out on their own and start the process over of becoming their own master out in the wide world. But too many people right now have been trained to always be the apprentice working for a company well into their uh, advanced years. And because that system is possibly going away, they are now being forced to look at what do I have to offer? What am I good at? And trust me, everybody is good at something. And even if it's just being an upholder and making sure that you show up at work on time, you do what was you know done for you, you can turn that into a way to teach those foundational principles to other people. And I'm just trying to do what I know to do by way of wisdom to let us always be getting ready and understanding the different skills, tips, insights, wisdoms, um, facts, and information that are happening around us so that we're, we're not caught unawares. We're not caught out there in a bad way. So let me go back through these real quickly and then give you a recap before we close out. Whether you want to or not, It is happening and that it is the complete change of life as we know it. Today, the scope has been to cover your livelihood and how you matriculate in life. So we talked about whether you want to or not, you are now an entrepreneur. That means that you are tasked with being able to identify unfulfilled uh, things out in the market of what people need and the market is people. You are tasked with figuring out innovative solutions to problems that people need to solve. And this will in turn make you more um, desirable to employers. But I didn't say this part, but I wanted to say it now. But if even if you're not desirable to employers who may not have the space to hire you, becoming a, a entrepreneur means that you are able to go out and make it on your own. So it's a win-win. Then next we talked about self-management and we looked at the four tendencies of what it is that, of how you look at at your world and what you tend to do. And based on your particular tendency, how you need to adjust to self-manage because Gone are the days when you could be part of uh, the masses in a job doing generalized work and uh, they tell you, you know, this is when you clock in, this is when you leave and they do all of the managing and all of that. No, now you're going to have to self-manage because a lot of the social distancing is still going to be in effect and there are going to be a lot of people who are responsible for not only working at home, by themselves, but also working in the field by themselves. So it's going to take some self-management. And then for those who are starting to mature and trying to go back into the workforce, you're going to, if you heed this of what wisdom is telling you, you're going to need to take on the mantle of the sage. And that means that you're going to have to figure out what you're good at, what you are mastered in, or what you can become a master in. 
And not only that, learn how to articulate what it is you're good at so that you are able to pass this knowledge on to others. It is not putting you out to pasture because there's a lot of lucrativeness in this particular area. It simply means that you are now a master where you would have would-be apprentices and you're able to teach people in real life application what to do. Many people are not going to be able to go uh, and continue to do um, university work as we knew it. So it's going to fall back into the smaller specialized uh, pockets of people who are masters at what they do, and they have their own little community, dojo, uh, sanctum, whatever you want to call it. But you would do yourself a huge favor to bone up on the skill of of observing yourself to the point where you know your processes. And not only do you know your processes, you're able to articulate those processes in a simplified format. Then we talked about how to want to get to. And this is a prioritization system where it helps you to move through your day uh, so that you will be able to get to do these wonderful things uh, that might sound daunting daunting or overwhelming in, in, in the one day. But when you look at the culmination of the days and the years, it's a foregone conclusion that you get to do these things because you have taken care of the one, the have-tos and you have managed the want-tos where they didn't just take over and ruin everything. So when it comes down to it, it, it it's, this is the understanding that I have and my takeaways from my conversation with my friend of how things are changing for people in the different age groups and uh, areas of what we do in our life. And that is that we are taking back on more personal responsibility and a whole bunch of personal freedom. And the thing about freedom is that most people don't understand what true freedom is because they've never really had it. And true freedom, when it is is shown to us in its rawest form, is very scary. And it is enough to make you want to be like, I'm out. (laughs) And I'm not laughing at the I'm out thing as much as I am laughing at how when I was slammed with freedom, how badly it hurt for the first time. Because when the buck truly stops here, when you realize that at any given moment, what you have tomorrow is predicated on what you did today. And if tomorrow you don't have and the only person you can blame is yourself, that is some humble pie. And that is what is about to happen for a lot of people. And so it is going to come to the point where people truly value an understanding of how they think. There will be many people that get really into the weeds and into the depths of their souls to figure out a little bit more of who they are and what makes them tick. And I say that because the universe has a way of giving us what we need. And for the most part, a huge population of this earth has been forced to slow down and to have more time without the expectation of the hustle and bustle. And when something like that happens, a major event, it means that there is a reason because that's how wisdom works. So please take advantage of this time and please consider taking some of this into account because whether you want to or not, that time is coming. 
So guess what? Yeah, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.